Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kel on Earth Revisited, where you will travel with me, Kelly Karg, back through my life and musings as I celebrate the milestone of 100 chapters and more of the original blog. I have started from the beginning and continue to move through 15 years of observations as I find my voice and my place in the world and reflect on who that person was. So come with me a year after I began this project into part four as I celebrate the achievement of longevity and literacy. Oh, the lessons we are learning. Part four, chapter three, why stay a revelation. November 2011. Several of my friends out there are surprised by my decision to stay in Singapore for a third year. Frankly, so am I. This has been a city I reflect upon with cynicism and disdain for a rather large percentage of the time. Why stay then? What's the appeal to a self-confessed minimalist in a land filled with first world overindulgences? Well, that's the point of this particular note. Why stay? Those in the know all say, I would love Singapore. Why not? It's clean, it's Asia, it's got malls, right? Who wouldn't love it here? Well, me. I gotta say, living in Myanmar with its polar opposite government sanctions, views on capitalism, and what the general populace deems necessities for life, prepared me in a way that hard chocolate prepares your teeth for that first touch of cold vanilla ice cream. I had been tempered for a different stuff for two years. I purposefully went to the farthest end of my comfort zone and jumped out with nary a parachute as I landed in Yangon for the first time. It did end up to be much more protective than I thought, but nonetheless, the country and its people still made an impact on me despite my own living comforts. As a reminder for those of you who don't want to travel back in my notes to part one or part two, Myanmar is not the place where anything happens easily. No easy food, no easy banking, no easy visas, no easy roads, no easy AAA. And it was fabulous because just like what America preaches, these people have to pull themselves up by their bootstraps since no one was going to do it for them. New car? Why? This one's still fine, just needs a working carburetor and the exhaust pipe to be taped back on. Besides, where would I get a new car? Credit? What's that? This money is the food I have for my family for the month. I will borrow duct tape from my neighbor for that pipe and the child seat I need to put on the back of my bike for my three youngest. Simple. Necessary. In my mind, miraculous that so many people in the world are hardly like this. Then I walked into the equatorial and distractingly modernized former British colony and my head exploded. Why? Why so much of everything? Why would a person buy something like that only to turn around in a month or three weeks or three days and buy the newer, hotter model? The waste of resources, time, money, intelligence, yes, even beauty, just wasted. I was flabbergasted. And let's be honest, fully hypocritical in my thoughts. Retail therapy is awesome, as is the efficiency that comes with so much wealth and commerce. I was mad at myself for being such a sheep. This October, November, I had a bit of a crisis. I thought I was leaving Singapore. I thought it was the inevitable next step in the transient lifestyle that I had chosen. But this was the first sense of panic that I felt about a move or major decision. Hmm, well, that's not entirely accurate, but the panic part was real and unfamiliar. So what the heck, what was my damage? I obviously hate it here, right? Well, wait, 
Do I? I spent long hours updating my resume, looking around on search on the Search Associates website, looking up countries that would be good potential places to live, but I really wasn't doing any of it with much enthusiasm. I, I wondered, gosh, what was wrong with me? Was my wanderlust dying out? Was my brain getting bored with having ADHD? Or what, was I actually happy or content in such a narcissistic, flashy, money-hungry place? Oh, crap. Now, how did that happen? I hate those behaviors and expectations for a culture. If I really liked that kind of lifestyle, why didn't I just move back to the States and participate where capitalism was born? <sighs> I don't know when or how, but my thinking shifted. I started to ask, why do I feel like I have to leave? What's so bad that I had to get out? If that's not my reason, then... Where am I hungry to go in this moment that shoots adrenaline through my body, keeping me up at night? Then I thought about my job. It drives me nuts. It challenges me. It involves short people. It has thrown me in the deep end. And I'm proud of the work I've accomplished there. I don't feel like I'm done with my programs. I want to see them flourish and live more in the psyche of the school and not depend on me to be there for them to exist. Oh, okay. The panic begins to ease. It is clarifying and gratifying to learn something new about myself. Yes, I'm a wanderer. Yes, I'm still looking. Looking. For what? I don't know fully. But I'm learning that my wandering will not allow me to walk away from something that I consider unfinished. My wandering is not without purpose or rudder. It is not just about living in a geographical place. It seems more to be about living in a mental space. I feel like at this point, I can live in a state of constant minor irritation at the materialism I see in this country. Because that's not why I'm here. If I traveled just to make a point that I am awesome and a free thinker and a risk taker going into the den of corporate inequity, and it it just wouldn't be my first choice. I would be collecting resident countries like some people collect charms on a bracelet or decorative spoons. That's not the kind of collector I want to be in my daily life. And I was nervous that that was who I was turning into. A person whose goal is to have a quantity of locations over quality of experiences with my life or my career, of which I am fiercely proud. I can stay in Singapore and change and grow with this job until I feel that I have done what I came to do. My wanderlust seems sated for the moment, as does my sense of inadequacy in the grand scheme. And I'm liking this new view of myself. Oh yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is who I wanted to remember and who I felt was going to make me proud (laughs) in this little experiment that I'm undertaking. Yeah, I am fiercely proud of my career. I am liking parts of myself that I never thought to analyze before. I am happy that this 
depressive, I don't know, confusion that I was going through brought me there to this moment. I can live in places that aren't necessarily for me, that I judge, but that I don't give up on, that I continue to engage with and try to understand. Because living in a location isn't my job. My job is to be a teacher. My job is to do what I can for the students that I'm there for, that I've been hired to be there for. And I love the tone of this chapter. I think she did well in walking through the the thought process of of what's going on here. The the confusion of why what what why am I not leaving? Just because I thought I had set myself a expectation. Myanmar was only 2 years. So shouldn't they all be and I worked through it and I got myself to the point where I came up with for me the right answer stay at a place as long as you feel like you've done the work do what you need to do put up with you need to put up with and if it's too much to put up with go but here I I wasn't done uh, you know, and quite honestly, I don't I don't know what else to say. I've really been talking about it over the last couple chapters as I am in year four and I am in my working through my fourth year of teaching abroad. I for the last I guess the end of the previous year and now this year, there's just been a lot of uncertainty. And I think now at the, you know, in in the year that I'm in, in 2023, um, the the uncertainty in my voice or the second guessing of myself um, is here in black and white. And I'm so, (laughs) I'm so happy it is because I did not come to the person I am today fully formed as a perfect, I'm not perfect, as a fully formed, as a complete being with confidence from the beginning. But this moment, this is where so many light bulbs clicked for me. So many awarenesses made me let go of so much of that, I don't know, um, those feelings of fraud, those feelings of, uh, you know, saving the world. Because I know it doesn't specifically talk about that either. I'm giving myself permission here not to be some saint or paragon of all things good. I'm giving myself permission to play in this playground when I could finally afford to do that a little bit. And, you know, I mean, come on now. We've all seen Crazy Rich rich Asians. Like, there are different levels of playground for, for, for people in Singapore. And I was able to engage more than many 
and I I was there because I was a, a teacher and I I and not a white savior but somebody who was trying to learn my job and do it the best that I could and so this is this is a short revisit um, because I think she said it all get it girl I'm happy to start uh, reading these next chapters where this self-doubt period finally gets laid to rest. (laughs) For now. Thank you so much for joining me here at Kel on Earth Revisited. I hope to see you next time where I go to another far-reaching destination for no good reason, Peru. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) from Southeast Asia. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. My 20s were fun, right? So were all those flights. (laughs) Hope to see you next time. Thank you.